Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, episode 25. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. In today's episode, the 2021-22 season officially gets underway for the PGA Tour this weekend at the Fortinet Championship at Silverado Resort. We'll give you the preview and our picks. Plus, the best new course we played this year and the course we most want to play next year. Also, we'll get you updated on local golf, recap Billy Horschel's win at the BMW PGA Championship overseas, and our reaction to the news of Patrick Cantlay being the 2020-2021 PGA Tour Player of the Year. Thanks for listening at theticketnorthernmichigan.com, on Spotify, and on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us there. Also, rate and review us. And you can catch our radio edition Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. on the ticket. That's 104.7 FM, 1340 AM in the North, 93.7 FM in Cadillac and Traverse City. Let's go. You can tell it's football season. I'm more tired than I usually am. These late nights add up. Well, I wanted to. I was thinking about you this morning when I woke up and noticed, first of all, don't stay up for the game. That's, oh, it was, that's, it was a, that's an that's an old guy lesson right there is that you go to sleep at halftime on Sunday and Monday because you're gonna be up at six anyway. You can watch the entire highlight package in you know so three I'm, minutes and essentially watch the second half in overtime. And then I was laughing because I was like, how'd that plus twelve hundred Ravens to win Lamar Jackson to throw two touchdowns and something else turn out. I was, I mean, it was, it was Lamar pass away and a Ravens went away. So, I mean, I, it was, I was actually. Also, it was really close. <laughs> I mean, kind of. Oh, <laughs> I, come on now. I mean, they lost in overtime. I don't really know what you want me to say. I, I uh, Well, I, they I, could win the game. They could just win the game. Yeah, I didn't watch the whole game. I don't know why you're making it that, sound like I was That's I what was you bet on, for, right? I don't know why you're making it sound like I was awake for the whole game. I fell asleep halfway through the fourth quarter. I'm transitioning right now. I, I, I moved to bed for the second half. I typically fall asleep like, going into the fourth quarter, halfway through the fourth quarter. So I didn't watch the oh, game. No, still you really don't. You still, in bed? I still really don't know what, what happened. Um at the end of the game, all I know is that the Ravens looked like they were going to win, and so you win some, you lose some. I, I didn't, I wasn't super disappointed with that one. I had had another one that was um, Lamar over one point five passing touchdowns, Carr over one point five passing touchdowns, and Card have two two eighty in the air. So that was a did that hit? No, that was a Lamar touchdown away. So he only threw for one tutty. Yeah, in that in the first uh, to Hollywood, in the first half, whenever that was, I own both. I drafted both Hollywood and Sammy Watkins in my season long. They're both on my bench last night, but because I had better options. But I was pleasantly surprised with Hollywood's health. That's for sure. I didn't even think he was going to play in the game when I drafted him a week ago. I can't believe that comment you just made. Like, oh. We're- so it wasn't that close. It was that they lost in overtime, and he would if he would have thrown another touchdown, they would have hit. And that wasn't that far. Yeah, if the game had gone completely. That's like saying if the game had gone completely differently, I would have been absolutely right. Yeah, I, I, 
I guess I just maybe I just didn't miss the flow of the game, but it did seem like the Ravens were going to win that game for a lot of times that I was watching it. Well, I do know that they were like they had the ball in field goal range. I presume they must have kicked a field goal. And then the Raiders, we shouldn't talk too much about this since we don't know. And people who are listening probably watch the whole thing. But you're right. They were in a position to win. And it just it does show you in the NFL the difference between a winning like that is a funny line because it was Ravens minus four, which to be honest, looked pretty good most of the way. And if that was the side that you backed, you probably felt pretty good. Even if you went to bed at halftime and they ended up not just not covering the four, not just going to overtime, but they actually lost by six points. (laughs) So anything six and a half, in either direction and the Steelers game is kind of a similar one and that you probably felt good about the bills minus six and a half for almost all the game. And then boom, all of a sudden you're losing by seven. Why that shows you why the NFL is so damn hard to the spreads in particular are so damn hard to bet on. Why can't I see you? Where'd your camera go? Oh, there you are. I think that's, that's not you. That's not me. I don't think. Yeah, I just had you on a different screen. Aren't you glad that golf's not on that late? Yeah. No, I think I think you you complain so damn much for living in this in central. I think you have the best time zone to watch sports. You could have been so I think the game ended at at midnight, mid oh five our time last night, something like that. You eleven o'clock is not like that is the that is the extent of when I can stay up. So I think you could that's still seven hours of sleep. So like that's that's not terrible. I think yeah, I think yeah, like but, huh. mountain time, you're you're the game starts too early. Like you have too much stuff going on before like a six o'clock, six fifteen starts too early. But I think a seven fifteen to start is perfect. Be done by eleven with overtime. You're doing lots of complaining for not even for being in the perfect time zone, I think. Okay, but remember that I just happen to live on Central Time. I live in central time i live on eastern time i work on eastern time everything for me is on eastern time i just have this little trick going on where all the clocks are set back one hour so they make me think that i should stay up because it's only 11 when really for all intents and purposes it's actually midnight because we're living in the same world my clocks are different it's just that my clocks are different agreed I agree with that. Thank you. Yes. And mountain time, for the record, is the best time zone. I don't, I think, I, I don't think it is. I, I, I love living on mountain time, dude. College, college, that first college basketball game starting before you're even out of work. Seven to nine o'clock slate starting like you're like literally missing the first half, first. You literally I know, but you can't Saturdays and Sundays down. are awesome, dude. You can yeah. watch the entire like you wake up to football in the fall, and then you can watch the night games in their entirety and you know, read your book before you go to sleep. Like it's a totally different yeah. ball game. You become pretty much, it's all football, at least like with Eastern, you can, the mornings can be for like apple picking and things that aren't related to football. Like you can actually, you can have a life outside of football in the Eastern time zone for a few hours in the morning. But you really, well, I saw some stuff on Twitter and golf Twitter 
where I think it was one guy in particular, and I can't remember his name. I should stop doing this because I need to cite these tweets. But he was like, I sat down and watched football all day, and all that reminded me was that I would have rather been playing golf. And it is true that, like, that first weekend of football season, I feel like is always something of a letdown. And I got through that whole day. First of all, I don't pay out my ears to get all those other games. So I'm stuck with whatever the networks want to feed me, which was Pittsburgh, Buffalo, which I was interested in watching and was a good game. On this other, on Fox at that time, were the Vikings and the Bengals. Oh, my. Which is unwatchable. Ended up being a, I don't know if it was, it wasn't like a good game, but it was an it was a entertaining game. And then the afternoon game was the Packers getting absolutely shell-shocked by the Saints, which you really didn't need to watch more than the first quarter of that. Thank God DraftKings was having some kind of issue with their system. They wouldn't take my Green Bay plus 15 live bet or whatever it was when they were getting hammered in the first half. And I was like, how can this be? And then, of course, they went on to get hammered again in the second half as well. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna test your producing skills right now. There, there's a uh, a, <laughs> a clip of Jameis Winston after the game. Yeah, that is uh, one of the more funny things that needs. What to did be. he tell me? What did he say? <laughs> yeah. What did he say? That needs to be put in right now because it is one of the more fun. I've watched that clip no less than. Thirty or forty times, and I've laughed just as hard every time. His facial expression when he looks to the sky, <laughs> like the, like the good Lord is just gonna like beam him with answers. It's he is so funny. He, I, he is good. Yes, he is. He is. Good. You he say is, what you want is about good. No, 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 no. I'm a. Stan. He's always been good. I am. A, I know James he's turnover Stan. prone, but the guy's got kind of a hard, a bad rap in the NFL ranks. Like I get the lobster and all the crab legs or whatever he stole. Like all that's hilarious and deserving of plenty of scrutiny, and so are the interceptions. But Mister Thirty Thirty, they're legit with him at court. I know that the Packers are slow starters, and Rogers hasn't lifted a finger, a weight, or a football for the past five months or whatever. But the Saints look legit with him at quarterback. Yeah, I don't know how much they dodged the Taysom Hill bullet. I don't know how much of the game you watch, but five touchdowns with only 150 yards passing is very strange. Like, there was something a little odd there. Is that like, how the numbers worked out? Yeah. <laughs> so like, where the, the Packers must have just been giving them the ball and, like, right on the doorstep. Well, I saw it was mid-late third quarter maybe, I think, maybe even early fourth quarter, and they put a graphic up on the screen. It was Green Bay place from scrimmage in Saints territory. Two. <laughs> Did it have the so the Saints were just they had short fields, I guess, yeah. pretty much all game, and the field position was easy to come by. But anyway, yeah, that's there's your first week of the NFL season. And let's not go through a podcast this whole podcast without reminding people that uh Saturday was a glorious day. Ohio State lost, yeah, they did. They didn't look uh, they Michigan didn't look and Michigan all. State both drubbed their opponents so things are shaping up i text my sparty fans wow michigan state looks good they're gonna be good this year this is the most 
They are the most fatalistic, defeatist people. They're worse than Wolverine fans. They said we'll probably be two and four <laughs> in four in a month. I was like, okay, fine, never mind. I, I was trying to get you. I was trying to. If I was gauging the level of excitement within the Spartan football program, apparently it's still pretty low despite the performance the first two weeks, which I don't totally understand. I, I had uh, well. If if your friends are anything like my friends that are Michigan fans, they'll say those things with like backward intentions. Like they're they're like trying yeah, to get you. Playing. So maybe yeah. that's what your and so my friends started to do that. And I just, and this weekend, and I kept thinking this is Youngtown State. I, we, this should be an absolute drubbing of all drubbings. <laughs> the and then, but I will I will say Michigan looks really good. Better than obviously better than I expected. They're coached by Jim Harbaugh, but I have uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I bet I, I bet on Michigan for the first time in a long, long time on Saturday. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to start. We'll have to start giving out some football and some other sports picks. Maybe we'll have to do a second podcast later in the week. But that's six and a half. I know in retrospect, obviously, it looks great, and the game kind of felt tight early fourth quarter before Michigan stopped them on fourth down, which they would have gotten within seven, but that game was never going to be Washington was never going to cover the six and a half unless Michigan came out and turned the ball over a bunch of times. So that one just felt easy for the other one that I got this weekend that was, and I put these in a parlay and it was nice to hit, but I saw the, the LSU McNeese state total was 66. And I just, I know like people are members of the overs clubs or everybody loves the overs or whatever. Like, don't forget that there are obvious unders out there that are really, really easy. I'm pretty sure they put up 37 points combined in that game. <laughs> so they just eclipsed half of the total. That's always a nice one to get. I don't know. I don't know. They, I don't know how they make a mistake. I, I honestly felt like the Michigan line was a mistake. They, they just lost, Washington just lost Montana. Seven days prior, Montana is an FCS school. I know you can say like, "Oh, there's they like overlooked them, whatever, whatever," but still, it's Montana. Yeah, and before we move on to golf, don't get carried away thinking Michigan's good. I think we threw about five passes on Saturday, and oh. the coaches will tell you, "Well, that's because we don't have to pass." And it's like only a team that can't pass would ever say. We ran it on every single down because we thought we could get to the end zone faster than passing it. I'm sorry, but no. The point is, you can't pass. You don't have Ronnie Bell. Your receivers can't get open. And your quarterback does not appear to have a ton of confidence. So don't tell me that that was your strategy all along and you're doing it because that was your, if that's your, even if that is your best way to win, that's bad. That's not a good thing. It, 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 I don't want to get too deep into the Michigan football thing, but like, give me a break for the people who said that was great, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Trust me, that strategy will come crashing down to earth when we play a quality opponent who can stop the run and all of a sudden you're third and eight, third and seven, third and nine, third and six on your first handful of possessions and you're punting. And you're down seven nothing, fourteen nothing, seventeen zero, whatever. And you're gonna have to throw it. We'll find out really what that team is made of, and I, I suspect it's not much. 
I hope you don't mistake whatever I've whatever I've said in this conversation is to I think that Michigan is going to be good. They're good okay. re- relatively speaking to previous endeavors. Better than we were last year. Yes. All right, where do you want to start? I got I got deep into the uh, odds board on the Fortinet last night. So I'll be ready whenever you call on me in that regard. But uh, I don't think you have to go very far on the Fortinet board because of the Player of the Year was released. And if I'm John Rom, I'm a pissed off puppy right now. I'm pissed off. I I, when you, I looked at the notes yesterday and I and you I saw Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year. I knew Zalatoris had won, and then I went to look to just confirm who I I'm shocked. I'm absolutely shocked. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know until right now. Yeah. So, so, uh, for the people that don't know, uh, Patrick Cantley won the, come uh, on, won the player of the year this year. Oh my, that is an award gosh. voted on by the PGA tour membership. I I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm speechless. I don't know. I, so I have a few, um, a few things, I like guess, a few things to stats. One stat in particular that I found uh, very interesting in the majors, Cantlay, Cantlay's majors, last six of them 43rd, 17th, miscut, 23rd, 15th, miscut. John Rahm in those exact same majors 23rd, 7th, 5th, 8th, 1st, 3rd. What are we doing here? This. <laughs> Patrick Cantlay has four had four wins. John Rahm had one, but was two because of the memorial, and then he beat the he beat Cantlay in a gross championship for the for the uh, tour championship. So I, if you <laughs> if you can tell me with a straight face that John Rahm was a better golfer than Patrick Cantlay this year. I might, vice smack, I might yeah. You mean vice versa, yeah. Patrick Cantley better than John. Yes, Rahm. yeah. Sorry, yes. I would. I might smack you. Patrick Cantley yeah, played really, like twenty four wow. events this year. It was like twenty four events in a mega season. <laughs> he hit seven am, top tens. I'm stunned. I am stunned by this. He outscored Patrick Cantley in Cantley's victories this year. <laughs> yeah. Aggregate, aggregate, yeah. but. He was second at the Zozo by a stroke. He got kicked out of the Memorial. Which after he was three going, rounds. he was going to win, which would have been like one and of the he, bigger collapses. And Cantley never surpassed his fifty-four hole total. <laughs> yeah. In strokes to par. And and come and moving on to be the winner on Sunday. And then as you point out, uh he got beat by I think it was by three by Rahm at the uh Tour championship. I'm really surprised by this. I thought it was an absolute shoe win. I know Cantley won four times, but you have to look past, you have to look deeper than just the titles. And that is a lazy vote. And I can't, I really struggle to understand how these guys. If you played in 15 FedEx Cups, you're eligible to vote. I mean, that's a hundred and that's close to 200 guys, 150, 160 guys, 175 guys voting on this. Which doesn't make something sense. in that neighborhood, probably. Yeah, something like that. I'd love to know what the totals were, how the vote broke down. 
that is just really when did they announce this hunter i would have um i'm i'm starting to see like tweets from this morning so i wonder if it was i know i saw um, a bunch of videos last night for rookie of the year wills al torres maybe like late afternoon yesterday so i'm not sure exactly let me see if i can find out yeah and i figured i was like oh i must have missed the player of the year they must have announced that already unbelievable i am i i mean i'm genuinely very very surprised your plus 200 for the Ryder cup looks a lot better now for the euros no i always it's like Rom is gonna go scorched earth on everybody's ass, and I don't know what what he's doing here. He must have something to do with Fortnite or something. Like I, I don't understand. I don't know. Like what is he doing here? I don't get it. I just don't get it. But oh, like why is he playing in this event? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know either. I, you gotta imagine it's a obligation sponsorship obligation. So like, I think it's hard to win. Yeah, I think it's hard to win a tournament when you're in that. Like, even if you're John Rahm, you have to be fully invested. So, like, he's not going to get my financial support this week, but he is going to – because Whistling Straits is – nobody sets up better for Whistling Straits than John Rahm. Obviously, he's the best player in the world right now. Gets a cut, long off the tee, good iron player. Like, he is going to – he is going to be a force to – reckon with at whistling straights and this is just going to fuel the fire and he's going to be looking at these that's why i want to know how the vote broke vote broke down i really don't i would have had i don't think i really maybe we're wrong but it seems so easy that john rom was like head and shoulders the best player on tour this year that that would have been the easiest vote in the world I think that's the that is the very general consensus I'm getting on from from golf Twitter and and writers that it did. If you look at it just from like a from a very black and white win total standpoint, it, then you're then obviously Cantley's has a much better case. But if, I mean, if if you've looked at the last four to four months, five months, John Rahm has not left the top ten of the leaderboard. In months, several months, he's at the top. He has not finished outside the top ten. And I don't know how many tournaments, Peter. It's been a, a lot. It's been he has been playing so well. To I you. know he. I know you're so right. He just putted like absolute garbage at the Northern Trust, and I think he tied for ninth. Yeah, I don't. Know. It's he, just like he, he could do no wrong for a very long time. So to see this, I mean, Patrick was playing great. No, absolutely no doubt. I won't. Uh, I'd be the first. Yeah, to say it's it. not like it's no offense to Cantlay. It just felt like the easiest vote in the world, especially with the way that everything went the past couple months. It was like Rom was still the best player in the playoffs and shooting the best aggregate scores over the three weeks. And then, of course, shooting the low time with Kevin Na for the low total at the tour championship. Cantley gets the 15 million. Gets the tour championship trophy. At least Rom's gonna win the player of the year. He was clearly the best player in this tournament and on tour the past six months. The only guy that could keep up with him was Kevin Na. Like it just felt like the easiest thing in the world to make him. So I'm I mean, I'm hand up. This is garbage. I thought it was garbage that Zalatoris 
not no against no offense to Willie Z. It has nothing to do with Willie Z. I thought those were non-member points. Were those not? Were those not non-member points? Now those were non-member points all season when he was not ranked in the FedEx Cup standings and not eligible to make it to the playoffs. But then when it's time to vote for Rookie of the Year, he's a member. Like, what sense does that make? Did they just decide Jay Monahan decided that since he was the best young player on the tour this year that he needed to I don't get it. What are we doing here? This seems like like a Ben Simmons 2.0. Are we gonna get is is Will Zalatoris eligible to win rookie of the year next year when it's actually his first year on tour? <laughs> I mean <laughs> keep giving him the I it is the system is so broken. It is so broken. Wells Altoris was simply, simply one of the best 125, 125 best golfers on the PJ Tour this season, but he couldn't play in the playoffs. But he could be the best rookie, not even really a rookie. I'm <laughs> a, whatever. I'm glad I'm not alone. Well, it's, it, it is funny. It like, makes no sense. Maybe we're missing something, and we'll have egg on our face. And because I, I didn't read about this. I don't care that much about end of season awards until you do something stupid. Now I care a lot more, but like, I was like, whatever, it's Alato, that figures more PGA tour nonsense, non-member points racks up a ton of non-member points all year. And then all of a sudden he's the, he's the rookie of the year, even though he's a non-member. Yeah. At least they make it simple for the, for the people that want to like get interest in the game. It's, it's easy to understand. And that's nice. All right, now that I've gotten good and angry. Yeah, I'm on uh I was on I'm on a little bit of tilt. I <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think I didn't even think it was it was a um this is not a discussion I thought we were going to be having. Um I actually just put uh I put a unit down on John Rahm a, f- a few minutes ago just now on the Fortnite. He's me oh, so gosh. he's, he's me using so- the word unit now too. I've I've always I just don't like saying like amounts. But I just feel like I have a unit that's like my. You unit. bet one dollar. No, no, I bet. <laughs> um, you can say. Whatever I can't you believe want. you're. What? Okay. For what, what number for, did you? What number did you get? Three th- three thirty five. I don't care what it is. It could have been. Dude, that it could is literally insane. have been plus one fifty. He just he the- just he just got robbed of player of the year. If you if you don't think I think there's a lot of guys that you are totally right that they come to the, like, they just have to show up here to this event. Like, yada, yada, I'm, I'm here on sponsorship. I'm going to, I'm going to make the cut, but I'm probably not going to play well. John Rom just got robbed a player of the year, got robbed, robbed silly of it. So he is going to play. So he, this is the, like, that is John Rom's brain. We're, we're going to see inside how mad John Rom can get and like fired up this weekend. And I don't care where, if it's the Fortnite, he's going to win. Convince, right, well, you just, you just, I mean, I, if you're right, so be it. You're right, and I'm wrong because I have like six other outrights that are definitely not named John Rom and started about sixty or seventy to one. Because this is a this is a long shot special for the for the year, and I'm not gonna miss out on that. But it's a long shot special because there's never been anybody this short to play in this event. That's because it has no choice but to be a long shot special. Dude, quality players have won. You're talking about Cam Champ, who's won an event each of the last three years, won here two years ago. Stuart Sink, who should have won comeback player of the year. I don't know if we have that, but he's going to – he won last year. 
I, I get what you're saying, but it's not like these are not scrubs that I'm betting in the 60s, 70s, <laughs> and 80s. These are quality players who, if they play well, can beat a John Rahm who's looking ahead to the Ryder Cup and fulfilling a sponsor obligation or, or whatever the case may be. Maybe I'm wrong. If he wins by 10, I think that'd be awesome because you're right. He'll just be showing everybody I am the not only am I the player of the year, I'm the you know, I'm about to be the player of the decade. Like y'all better look out. But I think we all need it's just not financially sensible unless you're just you're in on Rom and you better not be in on anybody else then. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. He <laughs> just took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> if I found a John Rom versus the field bet, I would take it. And which well, I let's might, get it. Which I might look for at. For those who, oh, since we're on the subject, we have to. Do you want to talk about Billy Horschel or should we just go right ahead and talk about the Fortnite? Oh, let's talk about Fortnite. We'll come back to Billy because okay. Billy does deserve a little bit of praise. From Steve Stricker? Mm, I don't know about that. I was going to give a little bit of praise. Love Billy. Mm-hmm. Which is you see him throwing his putter around all weekend? Was he? No, I didn't watch a second. Yeah, of it. He throws his putter so high into the he you, he could be mistaken for that Wisconsin. What's that person called? Who's the the person that runs out and twirls the baton for the marching band? You see this footage? Oh, the one that um yeah the well the director I guess is what I'm. It's I, not I, director. It's got a it has a real name. It's like the. The band major, that's not it either. Yeah, they stand up on the, I know exactly. He he took a nice little tumble, I saw him. Or is that who you're talking about? Yes. Yes, okay. Yes. Yes. I want to see like a, first of all, that was just funny, so I had to bring it up. But that's what I think of when I see Billy Horschel twirling his putter around. I mean, he throws it like 30 feet in the air, and then he's like underneath it, like, you know, like, like, (laughs) <laughs> and you could just i need to see like that in like an overlay with like a marching band behind him but um all right silverado so we're in california this course is super short it's got four par fives and it doesn't even touch 7200 yards so i think that's interesting is pretty is fairly tight off the tee um but if you look at past leaderboards i wouldn't say that this like suits a a really like a a player type necessarily you could call this a little bit of a putting contest because the golf course is easier and we get winning scores approaching and even eclipsing 20 under like last year when Stu went off and shot 21, beating Harry Higgs by two strokes. Um, so you had to make a lot of birdies and, you know, like everybody's going to play pretty decent. So, you know, I could, you could kind of see calling this a putting contest, but you've had players like, you know, like I said, Cam Champ won here two years ago. He's not winning with his putter. He's winning with his driver. Um so I do think it's – I'm going to lean a little less on history in most cases, and I'm going to pick up on some of the late season form and just look for some value picks. There were a couple guys that I definitely just spotlighted coming into the week that I just knew I wanted to bet. 
like we've talked about. Um, but this is a cool course. This is a Johnny, Johnny Miller is heavily involved in this golf course. So I'm sure we'll see him on TV over the weekend and um, everybody will miss him even more having to be reminded of how bad Azinger is. Uh, but I don't think like, yeah, you could say it's kind of friendly to shorter veteran type of players, but you can get it around here with your driver too. Like, I think you just need to find some guys who you think are in good form and I can catch a hot week with their, uh, with their putter. The one guy that I was racing to bet right out of the gate. Well, there's three really. I've been feeling like this is a great golf course for Adam Shank ever since he paid off on that outright that I had at the, I think it was the Barracuda, which was in the Tahoe area, which like Joe Stako will tell me that these courses are not similar, but I still think they look kind of similar and it's not a totally dissimilar, dissimilar style. And you're in a similar, uh, uh, you know, similar area of the country. So I like Adam Shank. He's like 90 to one. And I, I have each ways on all these guys. That was one guy that I was looking at. The other guy that I like and the shorter hitter, veteran putting contest angle is pat perez also west coast guy lives in vegas i think this could be i think that he's been trending if you look at the uh fantasy national numbers and you guys know i love these uh short sample sizes but last eight rounds fourth in strokes gain total 26th in strokes gain putting the only category where he hasn't been great is around the green chipping. Probably not going to need a lot of that if he's playing well this week. He's 13th in approach. So I think Pat Perez is interesting. I bet him outright to win along with Shank. And then the third guy that I really like, probably the most of anybody, and I see that I got a really good number because he's been bet down since I jumped on board, is Mito Pereira who, for those who don't know, got a three-win promotion on the Corn Ferry Tour last year, compound season, so three wins spread out over two years, but came up to PGA, played okay, but he, I got it at, I want to say 70. Let me pull this up. I thought it was great value. I was really excited when I saw the number because I thought he was going to be down quite a bit lower and then i did see from other from some other apps that he was actually down like in the 50 range and i have seen some love for him on twitter in the golf community too one of the things that stood out about mito is that he starts seasons fast so like he got the three one promotion on corn Ferry, came up didn't do like a whole lot yeah 70 is the number that I've got. And I've seen it as low as 50. Um, but you could see him breaking through in a similar style to Cam Champ winning here, or like Doc Redman popping, shooting 10 under on Sunday last year. Like he doesn't have a dissimilar game type from those guys. And he plays really well at the beginning of the year. He played really well at the beginning of the year on the Corn Ferry um, and even Latino America before that. So he's something of a hot starter. 
and he's a winner. He's won, he won three times. So I, th- I think that's great value. And I just have a little bit of a feeling on that. So those are three of the outrights that I liked shank Pat Perez and Mito Pereira, who are all in that kind of 60 to 70 to 90 type of range. Shank is at 90. Um, and then I like a couple finishing positions too. I love Grayson Sig. He's a uh, really good value, plus 130 to top 40. Um, Brandon Steele won this tournament twice. He's plus 160 to top 40. So if I was going to tell you to bet one thing this week, that would be it. $12 bet wins you 31. That's pretty good. Yeah, guys won here twice. And then I backed uh, Shank for top 40. I could probably be talked into a Perez to top 40, but our boy Brian Stewart is a bit of a horse here. Did you notice that? Yeah, I was about to say that. Looks like he's four for four, making the cut since 2017, T17 and 2019, T3 and 2020. Yeah, so I'm on that. Yeah, I finished the last season pretty strong too. Four, four been, top 15s in last six starts to conclude last year. Dude, he's been playing great. So I like those outrights. Those are, those are you know, probably in the long shot type of category. But if you're looking for some safer ways to spend your money, 15, 15 bucks on Stewart wins you 40 if he top 40s, which I love. And like I said, steel, similar odds, plus 160 to top 40 and has incredible history here. Those are just... To me, those look like I would have had those more around the even money uh, if I was if I was setting the odds. So I think there's some inherent value there, and I I really do uh, I really do like these those guys this week. Well, they're all gonna be playing for second. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I think he's gonna be so. I think I think there are very few guys that will, that would take this what just happened and like turned into a, especially with his like new outlook on life that he has since his kid. I think he's going to be fired up. Seb Straka got married last week. If you want to ride the vibes on him, I also have a top top 40 on him. He's also plus money. I think that, you know, it's interesting talking about Rom because from a DraftKings strategy point of view, like a lot of these guys that I like are in the low mid sevens. So it gives you plenty of room to put John Rahm into your lineups if you want. I think I will end up probably doing that. But his – this has gotten out of control. What did you say you bet? Was it three and a half to one? Three and a half to one. He's $12,100 in DraftKings. You almost never see somebody eclipse 12000 But not only that, he is $1,100 more expensive than the second – highest priced player, which is Hideki Matsuyama. It is, they are telling you, do not play this man. Do not roster this man. And yet I still think I'm going to do, I think there's a, like you said, there's still an art. I cannot bet three and a half to one, but I think I'm going to end up playing him in DraftKings just because my, these other guys that I like are more in that, you know, like you can get, you can get steel for 7,300. You can get Straka for 7,500. You can get Stewart for 7,600. Like that. those guys are all 
really strong plays, I feel like, and they have plenty of room for a $12,100 John Rom. But it's just, that's like, for those who don't play DraftKings, you want to understand how heavy of a favorite that never happens. That's like DJ at the RBC three years ago type stuff. Yeah, I think he's worth every every damn penny of it, though. I, I think he is he is playing that well right now. Where if you were to put a hundred dollars on John Round a top five for the last two months, you'd be up several hundred dollars. It, it makes me sick to. We gotta stop being cute with it. I've been getting you're getting you're getting, you're way too cute with it right now. All these like high. John Rahm is the best player in the world. He is going to win this golf tournament. He just got robbed. He is going to win. I am convinced of it. I'm going to speak into right. existence. Let's. Did you watch the BMW PGA? Uh, no. No, I did not. Me either. I don't have anything to say about this other than I think the Ryder Cup conversation is kind of interesting in terms of the who gets a call like <laughs> seems like so, kind of a silly conversation, but how deep do you go as a captain in terms of where do you draw the line of guys you call and say, Hey, I just want to let you know you didn't make it because that's where Billy's chip on his shoulder came from. It sounds like he was upset. Not that he didn't make the team, which he kind of had come to terms with, but that he wasn't notified individually by the captain that he hadn't made it. Is that correct? Yes, I believe that is that is correct. I, I okay. think it would be really funny if they if they put all of the tour members' phone numbers in like a database, and then if they didn't make the Ryder Cup, they sent them like an automated voicemail saying, "Yeah, like, RoboCup, you didn't. Sorry, you didn't make the Ryder Cup team. Feel free to root for the Ryder Cup." <laughs> go team USA or something like that. This message <laughs> is for yeah Billy Horschel. <laughs> no, I uh, I mean, good to see Billy win. He said I don't have the exact quote, but he definitely said that this was a better win or like just in the same par as his win at TPC Sawgrass. The players, I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like a dude just angling for a free BMW or something. Yeah, I don't know if he meant that. I hope he did. I hope he didn't mean that. Definitely, I mean, no doubt it's a good field, but the play was it that good? I, th- I mean, I always think I doesn't. The, I always thought the uh, the BMW turned out some decent players. I don't know. I looked at the top of that leaderboard, and I'll admit there are a couple guys I didn't know. Oh, really? Well, that's, In contention. That's saying something. If you didn't know him. I'm not a big like Euro Tour guy, but I mean, I mo- I know most of the major players in the. So also, did did Billy Horschel deserve consideration for the Ryder Cup? No. Okay. No. Just God, wanted no. to be clear about that. No, absolutely not. You're very high on the Euro team, huh? I saw you texted me an image of their little team graphic. And yeah. Said, what? Something to the effect of, I'm sorry, but this team is definitely going to win. This, I mean, they look, that that's the makeup of a team that looks ready. And now they got, it's 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 really nice that they can, they can count on one player going, they can count on five points before the weekend even starts from John Rahm. That's, that's got to be exciting for them. Pretty much just say we're gonna, <laughs> it's a five zero start for them. John Rahm's not losing the point. I really don't think he. I, 
I, that's I, a bold statement, dude. <clears throat> Are you willing to start putting your money on some of these takes? Well, once the once the uh, I get <laughs> the ma- once, I, once I get the matches out, yeah, I need I need the matches. Nobody wins five points, do they? So you see a lot of like four, not a lot, but I feel like four and ones. Uh, you, you Sergio lose, probably. You lose a team match somewhere down the line, but Sergio's probably won five points before. I believe it. He is so good at this. You can't tell me that team didn't look. I mean, that team, they might be getting on a little bit like the father time might be catching up to a few of those guys on the Euro team, but I think for for three days, they'll be just fine. Yeah, I think it's on paper we should absolutely crush them. Well, I'm sure that's been the case on paper for a long time. It's, yeah. Well, yeah, kind of, yeah. All right. That covers Billy Horschel. Yes. Go, Billy. We are going to talk about it's kind of the end of the golf season, so we're going to talk about some sort of recap, you know, our summer in terms of best best new course you, you play this year and the course you most want to play either this fall or, or next spring, summer, whatever. Do you want to do that now, or do you want to get a, get everybody an update on what's going on in the world of golf locally in Michigan? I'll quickly do a do a local golf recap because there's really there's not a ton. Um, one thing that that is coming up here on the this upcoming weekend, the, I think that's the 18th and 19th. There is the uh, Gam Junior Invitational. So PJ Maybank is playing a lot of those guys that guys and girls that PJ played AJJ with uh, the top three that we've talked about that were at the Coca Cola that that PJ played with in the final round are all playing. It is the, the ninth, ninth gam junior invitational. It's not at forest acres West. Uh, like I said, Saturday and Sunday. So it, it, you mentioned kind of end of the year, we're gonna have a quite a few. So there's the, the gam junior invitational on 17th or 18th and 19th. And then on October 4th, there's the, the gam tournament champions. So we're kind of, we're finishing up the season. So I expect that to be some really Have you good, played really forest acres West? Yeah, that's where our state finals was. That's the tighter one, right? That's the much harder one. I would say like yeah. five or yeah. six shots. Five or six shots harder. The East is a joke. I think. Yeah, I we think played the East. Joey, Joey, freshman year of freshman year of high school. Joey finished second at states his freshman year with a sixty-six the second day. Does that sound right? That yeah, right? I remember watching that round. So I think it's a par seventy quite a few drivable i mean it's like it's a university golf course definitely that that, no, that plays one is like you're talking about the east course correct yeah plays kind of like a muni yeah yeah exactly it's wide like it's wide open off the tee yeah so uh we will update you guys on uh how pj and the rest of the guys do on uh next week's episode and then uh, i mentioned it i want to say i mentioned it on last week's episode the uh Michigan State Spartans played in the Gopher Invitational over at uh, Winsong Farm Golf Club in Independence, Minnesota. They finished uh, third as a team. And then as far as individuals go, uh, Bradley Smithson and uh, Troy Taylor the second both finished in 10th place, three under par, 210. Uh, August Mikoff was 
uh, one under par, tied 16th, 71-71-70. James Piat, uh, USAM champion, finished uh, 28th, three over par, 71-72-73. And Luke Kluver of Kansas claimed medalist honors, shooting 10 under par, 205. So it, it, college golf is, is the strangest sport to follow because there are no – I can't figure out who comes to which events and why they come there. So like yeah. the only we'll just give us the top give us the top three. I, who who was the team who won as a team and who was second? Uh Kansas and Notre Dame. Kansas uh, respectively. Or actually no, they tied. Oh, Michigan State lost to Notre Dame. The Spartans were two over par on Monday. So they finished the uh, Spartans finished five under par two uh eight forty seven and Kansas and Notre Dame which were two of the top six teams in the, in the Gopher Invite that competed in the NCAA Regionals last year, shared the team title at uh, 14 under 838. Well, Troy Taylor is playing really well. He sure is. He's playing great. So it's it's uh, we'll keep you updated. They have a little bit of a break here. They're, they're off until – I'm not sure what the reason is for it, but they're off until they have like a two-week break, three-week break okay. here. Okay. Has has U of M been playing any college golf? I not that I I looked them up just this this morning. I didn't think I saw anything. I can't get any updated rankings. At some point, we're gonna have to get one of these coaches on to explain to us how the hell these rankings work. They must not be. They must not publish their first round of rankings. They must wait a while or something. Yep, so the uh, the Michigan boys golf team is off until the Inverness weekend of the twenty fifth is what I have on their their calendar. Yeah, they're going to they're going right to they're going to Inverness. I have the McDonald Cup at Yale, New Haven, Connecticut. It's my is according to the Michigan. Oh, you're right. Go, you're right. M go you're blue. Right. You're right. That's my bad. So. All right, cool. Well, we'll keep everybody updated on that. Yep. They should have a good team too, right? Because those are those Sullivan is still in school. Yeah, Sol- right? Sullivan's still on the team, and I will also keep you updated on the girls, at least the Michigan girls team, because uh, Annika Die is still still on the team, and I I can't remember where. And then Ansi's playing somewhere too, but I'll have to remind to figure out where that is. But we'll do the girls as well. All right, cool. That it for the local look? Yep. Well, that takes us to something of a recap of sorts where it's weather's still good. People still playing golf. Um, but it feels like the season's sort of winding down, gives us a chance to kind of recap uh, and pass along anything that any recommendations or anything that we have discovered over the course of our summer in terms of courses. What was the best course that you played for the first time this year? Uh, I, I think, I don't think this answer will necessarily change, but I'll have a, I'll have a probably a, a more unique answer. Maybe this fall I'll be able to play a little bit more. Um, we'll mention it. I mean, not this episode, but down the road, I'm going to Hilton Head at the end of the month. So we'll play four times there. I'm sure that'll be some good golf. But I, I mean, I think the the obvious answer is probably whistling straights. I, I can't I can't really think of a. I, I don't think I really played that many other 
golf courses for the first time this year, but that I still think for the time we played it, the cost, everything, I think it was like, I thought the value was actually really good. Like when, when push really comes to shove, I think I, the overall experience was, was great. It was a little cold, just a little cold, a little windy, but I mean, I thought the golf course was so sweet. So, so sweet. It's going to be really exciting just to, since we just played it a few months ago, to be able to watch it here in, uh, God, it's coming up here two weeks. Less yeah, than two it's weeks. Yeah, it's a sweet place. And you're right. You're in. By the time you pay for the round and the caddy and stuff, it can feel like a lot. But then when you walk off the golf course, I don't think you're ever like, wow, I, that wasn't worth it or that golf course wasn't what I thought it was going to be or anything. No, because I think you can have that. You can have that moment on if you're paying. That's definitely the most I've ever played to play golf. Just being in the business, like I've, it's been being in the business my whole adult life and then getting out of the business. It's like kind of a little bit of a shell shock how, how much golf can cost. Yeah. But I, but, and then there's those moments where you start adding up or you start dividing the, the cost of the round by 18 and you start going, okay, I'm paying like quite a bit of money to play each one of these golf holes and I'm making doubles and I'm making so, and I never had, never had that moment at whistling straight. It's never even close. Yeah, I actually I have a similar kind of take on it because I'm going to play Kemper Lakes on Monday. Um, it is a uh, private club here in Chicago that's, I mean, we have so many that are uh, highly thought of, but I, I'm, I expect that that golf course will be really, really uh, impressive. So I'm actually, I'm actually playing there next monday for a fundraiser with a cousin of mine um so i'm really excited to do that i have played whistling several times so that didn't qualify but the best new course i played and i really think people need to go play i know it's in green lake wisconsin i know it's you know it sounds weird i know it looks weird when you look at pictures but la sonia is really a different golf experience than you're going to get from any almost any other golf course that you're going to play i don't think it's i've never played a golf course that i would say is similar to la sonia in the state of michigan the closest would be kingsley club which is private and you can't get on and part of what the charm of la sonia is you can go play 18 holes there for less than 100 bucks riding a cart and there are times when you feel like you're playing old world golf in a sense. So it's hard and you're probably not going to shoot a really low score. And, you know, you had to protect yourself from that in terms of setting an expectation and going out to have fun, but just a totally different and unique experience with the raised greens, the huge greens, the no trees. Uh, some of you, you know, might end up hating it just because it's totally dissimilar from what you're used to and it is punishing, but there's no, I've never played, I've never walked off a golf course and felt like I got more for what I paid. Yeah, I, I think I, I will say, I think we, we may have messed up playing whistling the first day because I think, I do think that golf course was hard, but, but from, I think the tee, I've, there's not many golf courses I play with an easier tee shot 
than that golf course. It was the second shot. If you couldn't hit a good second shot into Lasonia, to those to those raised greens, you were in you were in so much trouble. But I I really did feel like the landing areas were were very fair. But we just got our teeth kicked in for six hours at Whistling the day before, and then had to drive like halfway through Wisconsin that night to get to Green Lake. So like we were maybe we were like a little bit out of it the next morning. But like that's and they have that special deal, which I don't, I don't know if you just mentioned it or not. But I think we paid eighty five or ninety bucks to play eighteen holes, and that is ranked like there are the Golf Digest just did a ranking. I sent it to Peter and the guys we played with a month ago or two. I think uh, Lasonia was either ranked number one or two as the the best like price cost effective deals in America. But there's also a deal where you can play unlimited holes for, I want to say it's $150. So, I mean, I I couldn't recommend more getting there for that first tee time. You could literally play all day and you would not, they have two, two golf courses there. Uh, the one we played the links, I think is the, uh, the one that is more highly thought of, but we saw, um, a few shots of, I'm forgetting the name of right now. I I want to say it's the woods or something like the woods where it, it is more, where there are the trees, it is woodland, and that course looked awesome from the few holes that we saw as well. So, I mean, I think there's some sneaky good golf in, in Wisconsin. Yeah, it really is becoming more of a golf destination, and we haven't even talked about Sand Valley, Mammoth, Aaron Hills. So maybe another another trip is uh, is in the cards for either late fall or early next spring again when we can get those slightly cheaper rates. Speaking of which, if you come down from where you are up north and you want to make it to Wisconsin, you're coming through Chicago. I think one of the courses that we both that's come on the radar over the course of this summer that we both really, really want to play is the new Nicholas course in Southwest Michigan. Yeah. Uh, American dunes. Um, Tim Pierce, who we had on the, um, had on the show months ago now was just there uh, this past week and sent a few pictures and it looked absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, I've heard, I've heard nothing but good things about it from the, from the second you walk into the parking lot, they do a really good job of, um, they have a, uh, a folds of honor wall. They do a really good job with, with the memorials, all of that stuff. So it, it is a full experience from the second you get there. Um, I'm not sure what the direct connection is with the folds of honor, but I know they're, they do play a, uh, a large role in it. So um, I think it's all, all for a good cause and the golf course looks so good. So, so good. Well, yeah, I think it actually, the golf course is like the part of what you pay to play there is actually benefiting veterans. I think is kind of the, okay. I'm pretty sure is the way that this kind of came together. Cause this used to be just grand Haven golf club. And then I think they, uh, you know, it was a redesign and then a, made public and and just changed the whole uh setup and business model of this particular uh golf course but yeah i'm trying to find out 100 percent of american dunes annual profit will be given to the folds of honor foundation to assist in their mission providing educational scholarship to spouses and children of america's fallen and disabled service members to date, Folds of Honor has awarded over $125 million 
and scholarships to military families. So yeah, you heard that right, 100% of American Dunes annual profit. So it's a not-for-profit uh, set up here all to benefit Folds of Honor. So really a cool thing that they've done. And yeah, it looks, it kind of looks like Michigan's answer to Sand Valley, I would say. It looks, if you've played Forest Dunes, the sandy soil, the kind of windswept dunesy you know sand is obviously very prominent on this on this golf course it, it looks kind of like the images that i've seen of of sand valley it looks i mean it looks stunning yeah it really does and then i wanted to touch on because i saw this from the fried egg with andy johnson which he was making his rounds up in northern michigan playing golf and he was able to uncover a golf course that even I had never heard of. And I believe it's called champion Hill. Correct. This is in Beulah for anybody who's played here, please message me. Cause I cannot figure this out. Andy like raved about this place. And he said it was, I, it's, I mean, I'm looking at here. Let's see what the posted rates are. Midsummer is $45 to walk 18, 63 with a cart. 43 bucks if you play Twilight after 3 o'clock. Just $25 to walk 18 holes after 3 o'clock on, at this place. And the pictures that Andy took and put on Twitter were insane. Like, a lot of elevation change, a lot of like that prairie grass, heather grass, mm-hmm. brown that creates that awesome contrast with the green color of the fairways and the greens. But I see like mixed reviews in terms of facilities, how well kept it is, uh, things of that nature. But in terms of the location, and the views, I think you can see views of Lake Michigan, Crystal Lake, and even the Platte Lakes maybe at different times throughout the course of your round. So Champion Hill looks like it could be a diamond in the rough within, you know, Beulah's south of TC. So it's not super close to like the Petoskey Harbor Springs contingent necessarily, but certainly within range of a day trip or something that is concerned, you know, like we, not all of us can go play crystal downs. Uh, and if you're going to go down and play, you know, have a quote unquote golf trip to the Arcadia resort, this could be one that you could, uh, you know, sort of play on your way down. Yeah, no, definitely. Place looks crazy. Good. It does look crazy. Good. I'm a little, I'm a little, you just something had you had, you had to say something it. about the mix. You had to say something about mixed reviews. Now I'm nervous that the green stink. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. There's too many. There's too many golf. You can have a nice area. There's too many golf courses in that. Like there's so many golf courses in that area. I'm. I'll take Andy's word for it, but I'm a little nervous. Okay, one course that I want to touch on just real quick. I know I've been just talking and talking and talking. Have you ever played Antrim Dells? Oh yeah, not since the redesign, but I've played it. Oh, there was a redesign. 
Uh, um, that might have been the incorrect word. Uh, there was ownership change. Ownership change, but then they also I thought they did make some changes to the golf course. It's been a while. I haven't played it since I was 15, 16. Okay. That golf course, let me just tell you, for somebody that's driven by and never played there until early this summer when I finally just, it was like five o'clock or whatever. I was on my way back from Travers to Travers office. And I was like, I don't, I'm not doing anything tonight. Like my wife and kid are in, in Chicago. I'm, I'm pulling over and I'm going to go see what the deal is. You should do the same. You should do the same. If you've never played Antrim Dells, it's worth playing. It's really fun. They don't appear to really want to cut the grass on the greens. And I think part of that is because there's so much slope and they're so crowned that if they got them faster than like an eight, it'd probably be unplayable. Like the first green is there's a lot of, it's very hilly over there. You're looking, you're like, Oh, I'm going to drive straight up the hill to the clubhouse. Well, once you get up there, it goes straight back down the hill in the other direction. So like the first tee shot, you're hitting to a fairway. That's like gotta be at least 250, 300 feet below you. And it's a dog leg left and you're hitting over trees. Um, but I thought that that was a really fun golf course with sneaky length. Like it has really good bones, if you will. And I think it's totally worth playing. And again, you're talking about a golf course that you can play 18 holes with a cart, a gas cart too, for probably like 50 bucks. Yeah, I, I think it has gotten better since now they're all part of they're part of the Agaming and Charlotte Country Club. I want to say is the mm-hmm. ownership group. My yeah. my one fond memory from Antrim Dells was my uh, freshman year of high school, which was uh, Riley Shaftelane's. I don't know if you remember that name. Uh, it Sounds was familiar. It was his senior year of high school, and he was playing. We were both playing Antrim Dells. And he hit the ball right down the middle of the fairway, and it went went into a gopher hole, and we lost it. <laughs> Swear to God! Did he have to retee? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Lost ball. <laughs> Couldn't have done yeah, I'm not sure what else you're gonna do. Yeah, I like we both. We all watched it. Oh, it, was, it was funny. We all watched. It should it. be ground under repair. It should be, but we all watched it go right down the middle of the fairway, and then there was this one hole straight in the middle of the fairway, and that's the only spot we could have thought that it, that it went. Yeah, it does. You do have the feeling of like once you're a couple holes away from the clubhouse, you're like, if something goes wrong, I'm not sure how we're getting back. You know, like <laughs> you're just in the woods by yourself. But there's like, I think it's the second or the third hole is probably approaching 500 yards as a par four with a second shot over like a burn and OB tight on the right. And I'll creak on the left. Like, it's no joke. I always get confused. I get confused. Is the front nine the one closer to the highway? And then the back nine goes back into the woods? Or is it the opposite? I thought there were holes that came out towards the highway. And then you played. The ninth. You played up the, like, one of the holes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. The okay. front nine is close. You're right. It is two little loops on either side of that ridge, if okay. you will. And the front nine is on the. 31 side of the ridge the back nine's on the other side the front line actually i think is a little bit better um way more play like nine is a dog leg left second shot 
straight up a hill and kind of have to lay up off the tee. And then you have to hit like a, a mid to long iron. Like I nutted a four iron. It was so windy. Too. I was like, this, why? I thought I was going to like just pitch and putt around here and like shoot something in the mid to high 70s and like have a nice taste in my mouth as I go have dinner and I'm like hitting up trying to nut a four iron into like a 20 mile an hour gust straight up a hill just to try and hit the green in regulation on a par four so that's what I mean about it having like for for good players you might get frustrated by the greens and stuff but you'll be impressed by the by the bones of the golf course for sure all right that's a lot of time on Antrim Dells Hunter's yawning I am yawning I am yawning I uh didn't think we'd spend 10 minutes in Antrim Dells today, I'll tell you that much. Anybody at home? Lucky you going to Hilton Head, huh? Yeah, I'm excited. I actually, I, um... Are you playing the, uh, home of the RBC Heritage? We are, that was on the table for, for Sunday morning. So Harbor Town Golf Links? Yeah, so we're gonna play, uh, I'm gonna leave here on Wednesday the, what is that, the 27th, and I'll uh, my buddy and I are going to drive straight through to Hilton Head. We'll get there at like Thursday morning-ish, Thursday, yeah, probably like Thursday late morning. I think we're going to try to play a a third round or a fourth round actually. So we're playing at Palmetto Dunes. We're playing the Robert Trent Jones on uh, October 1st. And October 1st in the afternoon, we're playing the Arthur Hills at Palmetto Dunes. And then on October 2nd, we're playing at, at, uh, Atlantic Dunes. So we were going to try to play, well, we weren't going to try. It was on the table to play Hilton Head on that Sunday before we head out. But we were playing Sea Pines too, right? No, I thought it was Sea Pines. It's Atlantic Dunes. Had him confused. Oh, oh. I've never played. I haven't played that one. No, so so I think the Palmetto Dunes actually has a third golf course that if I'm going to drive all the way to Hilton Head, I'd like to play 72 holes at, at least. So mm-hmm. I so I'm gonna so I think we're gonna try to play. I don't think the whole group will be there. There's just twelve of us going. I think it's probably gonna be nine ish. Try to play Thursday night as well. Yeah. Uh, like Thursday. Yeah. And then we'll play uh, thirty six holes on Friday, eighteen holes on Saturday, and then I'm I am kind of glad we're not playing on Sunday. We did that in Wisconsin where we played we played La Sonia at ten or eleven o'clock whenever that was. Got done at four, and then had to drive back after that. I think I'd rather just have like a full day just for driving yeah well plus it's like running space in your head when you're playing your last round of the trip you're tired and you're like i'm driving home after this it's hard to is that becomes the hardest the toughest round to enjoy yeah so i'm uh, you're in that transition type of phase sometimes it's easier to just tie one on the night before and then wake up and get in the car yeah so i think peter mentioned why i'm not flying i don't really uh i like driving i don't necessarily love flying and I like besides my child, my golf clubs are my next prized possession. So I really don't want to like I I get so nervous around those <laughs> just with them tossing them around, they're gonna they're gonna hurt my clubs. I did have I did have one of those window seats on a recent flight where I had looked right down onto the bag baggage handlers. <laughs> you know, like just behind the wing on like the passenger side, if you will. I would right close I would close plane, that window. Facing forward <laughs> and you just look out and it's like oh gosh. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. God bless those those guys. They're doing the they're doing 
you know, we need those guys, but man, sometimes it's like, just be a little more delicate. But then you think they're lifting those damn things all day. Like they're like, their arms are tired. That's part of the, they have to lift all our bags over and over and over and over and over again for however many hours. I get it. Like by three, four in the afternoon, you're like, you know, your arms probably feel like they're going to fall off. Yeah, and there, I think there's nothing. There'd be nothing worse than because I don't think anybody is dry. I don't think anybody is connecting straight from Detroit or a, like a straight flight from Detroit to Hilton Head. So you're always worried about like your clubs don't show up. That would that would give me some serious anxiety if I was sitting. That'd on. be t- that'd be tough for a golf trip. Yeah, yeah. an important part of the golf trip, I would say. So All right, I, well, we'll have one more, at least one more, a couple more episodes then to get a little. Uh, more insight into your exact plans, but I'm, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy the golf down there. It's a fun place. Yeah, definitely. First time there. So looking forward to it. All right. Good luck at the Fortnite, everybody. Go John Rom. Mito Pereira. Crush the field. I really have a feeling about Mito. I didn't mention, but he's second strokes gain total in the last eight rounds. Perez is fourth. I don't mind that press pick. Third in the last twelve rounds. It's all po- it's all Poana, isn't it? So that makes me think that like John Rahm is going to destroy the field. Pat Perez to guys that can actually putt on that stuff. Yeah, you could be right. I wonder. I can do a hang on. Is it Poa? Are you a hundred percent sure it's Poa? Uh, that's what I swear. Uh, look at Rob Bolton's power rankings on that last that last paragraph. Okay, know. last twelve rounds, just. For fun. You know, Mark Hubbard could be a play this week. I know that sounds totally bizarre, but sure does. Oh gosh. You know who pops in the putting on Poa? Greens are heavily Poana, but there's an influence or lack thereof of bent grass. So you're like right. Rom last twelve rounds, strokes game putting only on Poa. Here are your rankings. Bryce Garnett. Matt Kuchar, Mark Hubbard, who actually has some decent ball striking numbers too. So that's kind of interesting. Mark Leishman, which just scares the life out of me. He's won five turn five, six times on tour. And he's, that's kind of a value pick. If you got on that, I wouldn't fault you. I cannot back Mark Leishman. I've been burned too many times, but I might end up playing him in DraftKings. Kevin Nas, fifth. Scorching hot. JT Poston, sixth. It's interesting. Zalatoris putts well on Poa. Putnam. And then there's your boy Rom, followed by Webb Simpson. Brandon Haggy putts well on Poa. Hmm. I think he's a kind of an interesting. He's probably you can probably get him in the plus 250, plus 300 range to top 40. So that might be something to look at because he's a California guy. And there have been bombers who have had some success here and he can make a lot of birdies if he gets hot with his putters and he's putting on POA. So 11th in the field last 12 rounds putting on that surface. So just when you thought we were done wasting your time. Yeah. No, I think that's a, that's a, not, not a wasteful, not wasting time there. We're giving out valuable information. I don't know what, what it really concluded, but that's for the listener to find out. Just giving you the info. Yeah. Just giving you the info. All right, Hunter. Thanks. Yep. Talk to you.
Thank you for listening to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, episode 25, brought to you by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed Indeed. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week on the Great Lakes Golf Podcast from the ticket northernmichigan.com.